Hello, and welcome to Field Notes, the weekly podcast of the Military Fellowship Center in Jacksonville, North Carolina, serving Marines stationed at Cap Lejeune and surrounding areas. Military Fellowship Center is a ministry of Military Evangelism Incorporated. Our speaker and host for the program is Dave Mason, the General Director of Military Evangelism and the Field Director at Jacksonville. Visit us on the web at militaryfellowshipministry.com or email us at militaryfellowshipctr at gmail.com. Now, here's Dave Mason. John chapter 5, starting in verse number 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then was first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in and was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Verse 8, Jesus saith unto him, Rise up, take thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Father, thank you for this time in your word. Help us to understand and to apply in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Jesus is continuing his teaching and healing ministry, and he's traveling back to Jerusalem to observe one of the Jewish feasts. Now, if that feast that we read about in John chapter 5, verse 1, if that feast is the Passover, well, that means that a full year now has passed since Jesus had his talk with Nicodemus in chapter 3. And once again in our story, Jesus encounters a man with a problem, this time a physical malady. The man Jesus meets is sick with a crippling ailment or disease, something that has kept him lame for 38 years. He has a real need, just like us. We have real needs. All of us do, don't we? And so this story, I pray, will teach us some things about what to do and what to expect when a need arises in our life. The man at the pool is looking for a miracle, and Jesus comes to him and asks a question that he's asking of all of us today. Do you really want to be healed? Let's pick up uh, verse number 2. It says, There was at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches, or gazebos. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season in the pool, troubled the water, and whosoever then was first... After the troubling of the water stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. The sheep gate. Now this is one of the busiest gates into the temple. There's several gates to get into the temple. And this is one of the busiest because this is the gate where out-of-towners would enter in because there was a sheep market there and they would buy their sacrifice so that when they got to the temple they could offer their sacrifice. Near this gate there was a pool of water. 
that the people called Bethesda, which means house of mercy and grace. And there were five gazebos built along the edge of the pool with steps leading down into the pool. And this is where poor souls would gather who needed healing from various ailments. It says it was a great multitude that would gather on these porches and wait for the water to stir. Blind folk, lame folk, crippled folk, people who were just extremely ill with different ailments or diseases. Now before we go any further in this story, we have to stop here and understand something. If there were no sin in the world, these men and women would not need healing. Because disease, pain, and physical malady are all just the side effects of sin. God never intended for us to experience a life with these problems. But we fell. We ate the forbidden fruit. We entered into sin in disobedience against God's perfect will. That's what sin is. Anything outside of God's perfect will. And since God can't allow sin in His presence, we have lost His protective hand on our physical lives. And therefore, disease and sickness and crippling uh, injury, they happen to us. So just like those at the well Bethesda, the whole world lies in sin. And because of that, it's in pain and in great need. Every single person on this planet is looking for something to stop the pain. Ancient men, they look to witchcraft and the occult. Modern man, well, he looks to science. But Jesus Christ is the only answer to sin. And so the only one who will be able to bring healing to our hearts, minds, and bodies is Jesus Christ. When I read this passage about the pool and all that, I, I always think of Isaiah 35, 3. Listen to this, 35, Isaiah 35, verses 3 through 8. Strengthen ye the weak hands, confirm the feeble knees. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind will be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as a heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing, for in the wilderness shall waters break out, and streams in the desert. And the parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water, and the habitation of the, in the habitation of dragons where each lay shall be grass with reeds and rushes, and a highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. But it shall be for those, the wayfaring men, though fools, shall not err therein. This stream of water, this, this pool of water, is where Jesus makes a lame man whole again. Let's get back to our story. John chapter 5, verse 3. This great multitude of impotent folk, blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water, because an angel, it says, an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. Now, some folks will balk at this, wondering at the idea of an angel stirring the waters. Oh, maybe the people had a superstition. Maybe it was just a hoax. But our Bible clearly states that an angel did go down at certain times and stir the water. And that the first one in the water, after the stirring, got healed. Now, that's, this is the only such story in our Bible, but that doesn't make it any less true. I fully believe in the sovereign grace of God 
that he appointed this angel for this particular time to give aid to his chosen people. And certainly the angel continued this ministry up until the time of Christ so that it would point to the ultimate healer who was to come. And so this certain man was there, verse 5. He had an infirmity 38 years. Verse 6, when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that it had been a long time in that way, he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? And the impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man. When the water's troubled, I have no man to put me in the pool. And while I'm going there, while I'm coming there, while I'm trying to get down there, someone else steps in before me, and I never get my healing. Like anyone with a problem, this man needs help, and he's seeking out help. He's getting there to the pool. He's getting himself to the pool every day. And he's trying to get in there, hoping and praying for that water to stir so that he can get in there and get his healing. And Jesus sees him there lying down under one of these gazebos, and Jesus approaches him. Now, that's important. This is one of those stories where somebody sees Jesus and goes up to him and says, Sir, make me whole, or, or Blessed art thou, son of David. This isn't one of those stories where somebody goes after Jesus. This is a story where Jesus seeks out someone who is hurt. And we need to remember that men and women don't come to Jesus first. He comes to them and offers his grace. Then, if they accept that, they draw near. Luke 19.10, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Paul says there in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no man can call Jesus Lord except by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit of God has to draw you near. Jesus actually comes after us before we ever come after him. And he comes after this man. He comes after him and says, Do you want to be made whole? It's a question he's asking of all of us, really. Do you want to be whole? Do you want to be healed? Do you want, do you want to have your physical pain uh, taken away? Do you want to have your crippling disease uh, cured? Do you want to have your lame legs to be able to walk again? And the real question for us, and, and listen, this might seem silly to you, but the real question is this. Do you really want this? Are you willing to be made whole? Now, that, that seems silly because, you know, everybody says, well, of course I want to be healed. Of course I want to be healed. But healing brings with it certain understandings. Let's say a man's lame and he's never been able to work his whole life and, and he's suddenly made whole and he's able to walk and he has full strength. Well, guess what the Bible says this man is now going to have to do? He's going to have to go to work. Some folks aren't willing to get healed because they're not willing to do the things that are going to be required of them after they get healed. There are people, and you may know some, and you might be one, who would rather stay in the condition they're in because they are familiar with it. They have a sense of control. I know how to manage my pain. I take so many pills a day and, and the pain's manageable. I can deal with this. They're used to being ill. They're used to being in pain. They know how to manage it, they think. It's sad, but it's true. And some folks don't want their life to change, even if it means for the better. Because now a new shift has gone on. A new paradigm is in their life. They have to now come up with a new way of living because they've always lived this certain way because of their infirmity. And now that they're healed... 
they've got to come up with a whole new way of living. And that's scary for a lot of folks. And so Jesus poses this question to awaken this man's desire to propel him to a blessing. Are you, are you really, do you, do you want to be whole? Seriously? You know? I think he asked this question because he knew a lot of the people there, they were, they were there to get healing, but they were also there for the, for the fellowship, the camaraderie of others that are in hurt. They were there for the handouts that would obviously come. Uh, for those from those passing by, because that's a very popular gate. A lot of folks from out of town, a lot of folks on their way to temple to make amends for their sins, to give their sacrifice. Hey, what a better way to get started with that than to help out some poor soul sitting there begging an alm. Jesus asked the question because he knows what the man's answer is going to be. The man's answer is going to be full of excuses. Well, I can't. I can't be made whole. I, I don't have anybody to help me. And even if I try to get down there, I, I'm too slow when somebody gets down there before me. I can't get I can't get healed. And we have a lot of folks like that in our lives. And sometimes it's us. I can't get healed. God can't heal me. There's too many things wrong. It's classic blame shifting. This guy, I, I, I'm lame. No one will help me. That's the first problem. Second problem is I'm lame. I can't get there on my own. It's defeatism at its finest. Excuses, excuses, excuses. Someone once said an excuse is a lie wrapped in a reason. Think about that for a second. The vast majority of us don't get the help we need from the Lord because of our own stinking attitudes. Period. In some ways, we don't want healing because we know what's going to happen afterwards. Of whom much is given, much is required. That's why you can't help some people. Some folks just can't be helped. They don't want your help. They say they do. They'll take every every dime you got for them. They'll they'll do anything. They'll take anything you give them. But they really don't want to be taken out of the lifestyle that they're in because they're used to it. They're comfortable. They figured this out. They know how to do this. They'll deal with the pain. They'll deal with the the lack. But to, to get healing, to get that that leg up, now that that's just going to be too hard. It's going to be too new. Now Jesus says to this man, rise up, take your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and he took up his bed and he walked, and on the same day, it was the Sabbath. Uh-oh, Jesus healing on the Sabbath. We're going to talk about that next week. Critics in the gospel, there's a lot of them. Thankfully, the Lord overlooks this man's attitude, and he's willing to overlook our attitude as well. That's the beautiful thing about this. Because the Lord is gracious and kind, and he wants the best for us. But he has limited himself to work within the boundaries of our faith in him. I mean, he's, he's limited himself. And you say, where's your proof of that? Well, Mark chapter 6, verse 5, Jesus in Nazareth, it says that the people were berating him while he was there trying to teach, saying, well, we know you, you're Mary's son, you're Joseph's son, you're, you're the carpenter, you, we know you. And it says in verse 5 of Mark chapter 6, and there he could do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief and went round about the villages teaching. Jesus couldn't have an effective ministry in Nazareth because the people wouldn't believe. And God is sovereign and omnipotent, and he can do anything he wants, but he has chosen to limit the amount of work he does in our lives according to the 
effectiveness of our belief, according to how we believe, according to our faith in Him. How's your faith today? Well, Jesus grabs this man. He says, you want to be healed? He gets his attention. Do you want to be healed? The man gives his excuses and he says, no, just get up. He heals him immediately. It's at the word of Jesus that this man is healed. And let me tell you something, folks. We might not have Jesus physically in front of us speaking, but we have his word. We have his word right in front of us. Right in front of us. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow. And it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And then a few verses later in John chapter 5, verse 24, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that hears my word and believes on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. The word of God is the most powerful thing in the universe that we have access to right now. We have access to the word of God. The word of God is powerful. It was at the word of Jesus that this man was healed. If the healing you're looking for is not in line with the Word of God, folks, it won't happen. And here's the thing about the Word of God. Here's something you need to understand about the Word of God. The Word of God always calls us to take action. It never calls us to wait indefinitely. Now, sometimes we are called to wait, but while we are waiting, we are commanded by Scripture to pray as we wait. And prayer is one of the hardest actions on earth. So we are always called to action. Always called to action. That's what the Word of God does. That's why a lot of people don't read it. Someone once said if everybody in America opened their Bible at one time, we'd have the second great dust bowl. It's the most printed, most bought, least read book on earth. Or at least in this country. And so at the Word of God, this man is healed. And then immediately, here it comes, he's commanded to do something. Rise up, take up your bed, and walk. And immediately he was made whole when he took up his bed and he walked. The minute he got healed, he was given a job. You've been sitting on this bed all these last 38 years, buddy. Now it's time for you to carry that bed. You can walk now. Now pick up that bed and walk. Carry that load. That that reminder of your past. You're going to have to carry that. Sometimes... Sometimes we're healed not to rest, but to do something. And sometimes we have to carry a reminder of our past infirmity. This man is told to carry the reminder of his crippling disease, his bed, the role that he sat on waiting for a miracle. Pick that up. Carry it with you. Now listen, healings are always a blessing, but blessings, folks, are always temporary. Know that. Blessings aren't eternal. The only eternal blessing we get is salvation. That happens after our death or prayerfully at the rapture. For many of us, we'll be alive when the rapture happens. But blessings here on earth are always temporary. Because if it doesn't change before you die, it definitely changes when you die. You know, if, you, if you've if you had a... a um, a lame arm and and Jesus makes it whole and and you're able to use it, well, you're not going to be able to use that arm after you're dead because your body's going to be made all brand new anyway. So that healing ends. 
And blessings are blessings are temporary, folks. They are temporary. God help me with my finances. He helps you with your finances. And then you go off and you do something foolish with your money, and you're back in the hole you were in before. Blessings are temporary. And here's the other thing. The memory of the past pain remains with us. Now, we can deal with it. We can deal with it. It's said that you know you've forgiven someone when you remember what they did, and it doesn't hurt anymore. You'll always remember, but there can be healing in that too. But you'll always have the memory. So don't shy away from a blessing just because your whole life's going to change. You need your life to change. We all need our life to change. Amen? Life change is necessary. So here's the question What's your need today? This man needed physical healing. Is that what you need today? Do you need your health healed? Do you need your finances healed? Do you need a relationship or something in your home or something at work healed? If you have a need, and we all have a need, what is your desire? Wilt thou be healed? That's what Jesus asked this man. Wilt thou be made whole? Are you willing to be made whole? Are you willing to be healed? Really, ask yourself, would you rather stay cold, wet, tired, angry, hurt because that's what you know, because that's what you can handle? Or would you rather be made whole? Face yourself for who and what you really are and then enter into a new and challenging relationship with the Savior because a new relationship with the Savior is always challenging, folks. Because Jesus makes a difference in your life. And he changes everything. Has Jesus made a difference in your life. Thanks for listening today. Join us again next week on Field Notes. I'm Dave Mason. God bless. Thank you for joining us for Field Notes. If you have been blessed by the preaching and teaching you have heard, consider visiting our website at militaryfellowshipministry.com and click the donate button. Any amount will be a great help to us as we continue to reach our men and women in the military with the gospel. Join us next week as we continue our study of God's Word. God bless you.